Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 572. And today, we are going to be talking all about fourth quarter, how to plan for it, what to expect, and all that fun stuff. And I'm sitting here on a couch with about two feet between us with Mr. Chris Schaefer. So, Chris. Now it's a foot. Uh, yeah, Chris, <laughs> let's uh, let's g- get a little more space here. Uh, so, yeah, we are sitting. I'm much more comfortable about four feet away. Yes, that's better. Uh, we are here today uh, to record this podcast episode because we're here in person um, because we're having a special inner circle meeting this weekend. We are. Which is also uh, a little, uh, it's a little scary time right now because we have a hurricane that is approaching, which we should be okay, but we've, we are going to probably get some wind, probably a little bit of rain. Um, but if you're um, hearing the episode, then we made it. <laughs> yeah. Well, either that or someone found the recording <laughs> and they published it for me. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I wanted to, uh, really kind of go over this fourth quarter stuff. You and I've been meaning to talk about it. I think it's, it's perfect time. Um, and I think, uh, there's a lot of areas that people think that you can do either last minute or what to expect after the fact or doing product research, like all of that stuff. And uh, I wanted to just kind of like riff on this topic because I think it's important for people to uh, be prepared, but also uh, if if it's their first round, if it's their second round, and what they can do with the momentum moving forward into 2019. It's kind of crazy to even say that. It's almost 2019. Yeah, it is. How I did know. that happen? I don't know. I don't know how it happened. We I feel blinked. that way every year. We blinked and, and here we are. So um, how you doing, man? I'm uh, good. You're back from a trip. Uh, recently to Columbia, yeah. we were just chatting a little bit about that. It was a fun time, right? It was. It was good. You're re you're recharged. I am, and you know, a few of the people in the community have already heard this because we talked about it inside the class and we talked about it inside the inner circle. But I can do vacation for a few days, and then I get kind of <laughs> antsy, right? And you sent me a message on Voxer, and you said, you know, I, I told you I wasn't going to disturb you on vacation. I did. I only and did once. You hit me like right at that point where I was like, I need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was, you know, it was only like 15, 20 minutes of my time that it took, but it was like, all right, I knocked something out. I feel like I accomplished I something, did something today. I can go back to vacation. Yeah. Go back to the beach. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't, I, I felt proud of myself too. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm actually doing some things that Chris does behind the scenes that, uh, that I'm able to do. So I, I actually proved to myself that I could actually do some of your tasks, <laughs> which was pretty impressive. And now I'm fired. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it's always good to, uh, I think unplug, um, reset the batteries. Um, your creativity uh, is a little better. Also, yeah, I think you get a little bit more clarity, and you just feel like getting back to the to the grind. Which I don't really feel like it's a grind, but you know, that's well, it's not. It's not for us, but it's still it's still really interesting because you and I both love what we do. Whether it's the podcast stuff, mm-hmm. whether it's the amazing seller community, whether it's uh, the new brand that we work in, all of those things we enjoy. Yeah, but. It is still very mentally draining uh-huh. to some extent. And oh, to yeah. be able to actually truly unplug, which you and I have actually traveled a lot this year mm-hmm. uh, compared to what, what we've done in the past. Yeah. And to travel and, one, not really have a cell phone, right, mm-hmm. because you're out of the country. And two, you know, I took my laptop, but it really wasn't out at all. <laughs> That's impressive. And, and to be able to unplug like that, does shift the way that you're thinking and it forces you to think about things differently. And you and I talk about this all the time and it's something that we see in the inner circle. It's something that we see anytime somebody emails us Mm. and it's something that happens in every business and every industry 
when businesses are getting started and you're so focused on working in the business. Yeah. And I feel like every time we're in person, we have part of this conversation, but you're so far focused on working in the business that you forget to work on the business. Mm. And when you unplug like that, it gives you a lot of different ideas because you have a different perspective because you're not doing the daily tasks of things. Right. 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 So it, it just, it, it, gives you a, a little bit of a different perspective. And I just want to say, for, for anybody that is in their business, if you guys haven't unplugged, even if it's just for a day or two, mm. if you're stuck somewhere, do that. Mm. And you'll be surprised at what you what you get back out of it. Mm. No, it is. It's, uh, it's interesting. I've done that even on the weekends where I'm like, you know what, this weekend I'm just going to basically unplug. Um, and a lot of times it's like just unplugging less or unplugging Pl- more. Pl- plugging less. Plugging less in, like whatever that is. Um, like I, I might make a, a thing where, you know what, on Saturday, I'm only going to, in the morning, I'm going to just check my email once and I won't check it again until Sunday night. You know what I mean? Like I might do something like that to force myself to not, because once you get into your email, we all know it's kind of like putting out fires, um, or you're then, Oh, I better do that. Or, Oh my gosh, I got to do that. So you kind of ruin the time that you're supposed to be relaxing. Yeah. Um, anyway. Let's talk about this fourth quarter thing. Um, the show notes to this episode, I should remind you guys too, by the way, I should have did that. It is episode 572. So theamazingseller.com forward slash 572. So if you want to go grab those, definitely do that. Um, all right. So let's kind of dig in here. Um, and I think this goes for any time that you're going to be expecting a rush of traffic, increased sales. Uh, there's a couple of different things I want to talk about. Number one, like right now, someone that is saying to themselves, depending on if you're listening to this now or if you're listening to this in December, doesn't matter. Right now, if you don't pretty much have your inventory ordered, you're probably going to miss the boat on this run. Would you agree with that? To some extent, yeah. I mean, I'm talking like you haven't ordered it yet, right? Like so to order your product, you could hope that you could get it manufactured in 30 days. And then you hope that you can get it here even if you did it by air in a week. But if you do that, you're going to be like right in possibly November, right? And yes, you could maybe get in, but there's got to be a lot of things that align. And, and that's why I said possibly, right? right. Because or I don't actually remember what I said, but that's what I was thinking. That's what you're uh, we, we heard you. <laughs> and it's it's because if you've ordered a product before, I feel a little differently about that, right? If, right. if this is not your first rodeo yeah, with this reorder. product. A reorder. Right. right then, then I would feel a little more comfortable Maybe, with it. Because yeah. you say, okay, well, the last three times I ordered it, it was 30 days. One was 45, and everything that could go wrong mm-hmm. went wrong. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Then, then we know what that timeline right. is. But if you're just, if this is your first product, I would say, it, or your first time ordering that product, that we need to get it ordered pretty quickly as of the recording of this episode, mm-hmm. right? Which is, mm-hmm. you know, in September when right. we're doing this, right? right? So right. what we actually need to do is get that up and, and running as fast as possible. Now, the one of the reasons that you and I have talked about using air shipping in the past and making sure that our product works with Air Express mm-hmm. is because if we run into that issue in mid-October mm-hmm. or in November where we're outpacing where we thought we were going to be, and this happened to us last year in the new brand, yeah. is we want to know that we can get the product within three, four, five days right. of it leaving China. And if we have a product that we know is two weeks or three weeks to manufacture and we get to the middle of November, right. well, then yeah, we're going to reorder it mm-hmm. for the end of December at the beginning of January, right. right? But if this is our first time with a product, we're getting pretty close to the time where we need to have it uh, finalized and at the very least ordered, if not already on the way. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me ask you this. All right. So uh, what should someone be doing right now 
that uh, they are you know they have inventory. They're getting ready for the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, big big sales push. And I mean, I think I should probably throw it right out there. I think we we, we both said this. I think the other day on another call. I think it was on on one of our our uh, TAS Breakthrough U calls is where you don't really see a jump in fourth quarter until really Black Friday. Like it, that's generally when you see like the massive, like, holy crap, here we are, <laughs> you know, but leading up to that, it's usually not that big unless you have your own email list or your own list or maybe your own community that you're starting to get those people like ready or you're doing a pre-sale or right. whatever, then yes. So let me ask you this. What should someone be doing right now if they're listening to this in September or October or even November? What should they be doing um, to make sure that they are ready to have the best sales possible in fourth quarter? Well, the the very first thing that I would say is we need to do some inventory planning. Uh-huh. Now, yep. with Amazon and, e- and e-commerce, this is, I would say, for lack of a better term, a crapshoot. Right, like I'm sure there's uh, some inventory planners out there that will disagree with me on that, but we have to um, we have to plan as as best as we can. And last year we thought we did. Mm -hmm. Uh, We took the number we thought we were going to hit, and then we doubled it, Mm -hmm. and that's how much we ordered. And we still lost almost two hundred thousand dollars in sales between Mm -hmm. Q4 and the beginning of January. Yep. I'm not bitter about that in, in any way. <laughs> right. Um, and I keep telling myself that. And every time I tell myself that, I get a little bit more bitter about it. It hurts um, a little. But I think this year, I think this year we have it. Um, fingers crossed. But we need to come at this with a little bit of intelligence. And for me, if you haven't sold a product in fourth quarter before, any of your products, right? Mm. Whether it's the, the first product that you've launched or it's any product in your brand, Take a look at the market and use a tool like Jungle Scout and Camel 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 and look at the difference in the sales velocity mm. in uh, and we have to look at it on a unit by unit basis. We can't just look right. at it from a BSR perspective, but nope. we have to actually look at the monthly sales if mm. we can um, and figure out what that is. Now, we're not always going to be able to do that, but if we can, then if we can figure out what those monthly sales were in December or just look at the difference in the BSR mm-hmm. right, and say, okay, well, it was you know 1,200, then... That's different, yeah. right? But yeah. we need to try to figure out um, how much more we're going to sell. And everybody always asks us, they're like, well, how much more do you sell in Q4? It depends. <laughs> it depends, <laughs> right? Um, typically, and and for you know us in the different brands that you and I have worked in, typically October, you know, we're up about 20, 30%. Mm-hmm. November, you see another maybe 15, 20, 30% in the beginning of November. And then you're at... 2x or 3x mm-hmm. kind of normal stuff yeah at the very least mm-hmm. through december um now obviously this is going to vary by product if you're selling sunscreen um, right right and sand toys maybe not so much right but anything that's even remotely giftable generally sees some sort of a lift mm-hmm. right so if well, we there's, can, ex- there's more traffic so right you have sense. you have more people on yeah. the site whether it's a, a truly like a christmas purchase a hanukkah purchase whatever mm. is a is a completely different thing right because there's going to be some of those things where there's just not really a good way to do that but i think what we did and correct me if i'm wrong on this we took what we've been doing and mm-hmm. we we took a look at what we did last year and we just kind of 3x'd it mm-hmm. and said this is probably where we're going to end up yep um and now we're going to keep a, a really close eye on that <laughs> right right we're going to keep a close eye on it but uh, you know, we're, you know, there's, it's kind of out of your control at that point if you're doing things correctly to get those sales. Now, 
the one thing I get people that ask too is like, okay, so what do I do? Do I slow sales down if I think I'm going to run out of inventory or do you just kind of, you know, run out? And my thing is, is like, I would start inching the price up a little bit and see where that, see where that threshold is. Uh, and then from there, when you see that you're starting to taper or maybe you're starting to decline, then maybe you want to drop it again a little bit. So that way there you find that happy medium. I'm a big fan of just, you know, selling fast so we can let Amazon know that we have a great product that's getting high conversions. And I was just talking to, you know, um, a lady the other day and and the very same thing is like, I'm just going to keep increasing my price because I don't want to run out of inventory. And I'm like, well, how long is your inventory going to be out of stock if you run out in the next two weeks? And she was like, "Uh, I'd probably be about another two weeks out of inventory. And I'm like, it's really not that long for you to try to slow down conversion because now guess what? Now you got to kind of play catch up. Now you got to do a spike in sales. You got to do the whole thing. When if you ran out, you know, with a a great velocity, uh, you know, you're going to basically come back on the scene coming in at that conversion rate. Yes, you ran out of inventory, but Amazon knows you ran out of inventory. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they have the data. So I would say don't try to slow it down too much because that could actually hurt you. And I think I think Q4 is a little different. Normally, I would say run out with speed completely, right? Let's let's just run out at 19.99 or whatever we're selling it for, because yeah. it doesn't really matter. In Q4, there's a little bit more price flexibility. A lot of times, people mm-hmm. tend to be less price sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will pay more. Um, they will pay more. And so you can kind of get away with raising the price a little bit mm-hmm. and making a little bit more if that's yep. what you want to do. Yeah, why not try it? Right. Right. And I'm not saying I'm not saying take it from 19 to 99. But, but you if, may want to just even increase your prices in fourth quarter regardless. Just because you know that there's going to be a more demand. And maybe you've just been selling your product at a discount all year long. Just look at it that way. And now you're going to sell it at a regular price. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people get, like, weirded out by that. They're like, well, I don't want to price gouge. Well, you're not really if you believe that your product is worth twenty four ninety five, but you've been charging nineteen ninety five. Well, you've been giving a deal for all this time. Right. Value value is one hundred percent relative. Right? I can tell you right now, this hotel room right now, the same hotel that's one hundred and fifty dollars. If you want to get it tonight, it's three hundred dollars. It's probably more than that because there's a storm. <laughs> I think it was three hundred. One of the guys in our, in our inner circle said that he he had to pay three hundred versus the one fifty for one night. But that's crazy. Yeah, but you know what I mean. So, and they don't care. They're like, yeah, we got you. We're gonna we're gonna take advantage of you. Like, we're not saying that. We're saying like, if you feel like your your product is worth the twenty four ninety five, then eventually you want to get to your twenty four ninety five, right? Well, it's so. the, it's the same thing, right? I mean, we we like selling higher end products, and you look at something like uh, I saw a, a Maybach this morning or a Maybach mm-hmm. in the the parking lot at the grocery store across okay. the street, right? What's the difference between a multiple? you know, six-figure car <laughs> and a Lexus. Yeah. Right? Like, you can get a, a really nice high-end Lexus fully decked out for probably, what, 70000 Yeah. Or you can buy a BMW M Series for $150,000. Mm-hmm. What's the difference in terms of features yeah. to you? Really nothing. No. <laughs> right? No, there's only so many leather seats yeah. or whatever yeah. that you can, you know, there's yeah. only so many umbrella dryers that you can put in a car before <laughs> it gets ridiculous. Right. And... But it, there's the perception yep. of a higher value. Mm-hmm. And so if you can offer that perception, whether it's through having a, a true brand right. or whether it's through just saying we stand behind our products and we build higher mm-hmm. quality stuff than everybody yeah. else, which is kind of what you're, what everybody that, that sells luxury cars pushes, yeah. right? It's, it's all about quality. It's good mm-hmm. German engineering. Right? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because a lot of people think if you're on Amazon, you got to be cheaper. Because Amazon's all about price, right? They're always. Gonna, it's funny. I, I interviewed a guy. Uh, 
And actually, I don't know, depending on when this, it'll probably air after this episode. So I don't want to say that you've already heard it because you might not have. But it was uh, basically a guy I interviewed that um, they make their own product. And you'll you'll actually hear what the product is when I actually do the episode. I just don't want to give it away now. I want to kind of like let it be a cliffhanger um, or you know tease you a little bit with that. Um, but it's a, it's a good product. And um, he was selling it locally manufacturing it himself, making it locally, and then selling it for, let's, let's call it 15 bucks. Well, on Amazon, they were selling for like 25. And he was like, really? Like, I don't know. I don't feel like I should be able to charge $25. Like, well, everybody else is selling theirs for 25 and yours is better. It actually is a better product. So he ended up doing it. And yeah, they're selling like crazy. So it's like, um, my, my point is, is like, you have to understand that whatever the perceived value is, and that could be generated from you or created by your brand, or it just might be the market. And depending on what is offered within that thing, but cars are a pretty good example. And obviously that can go along with like, well, you know, celebrities drive a certain model. So now all of a sudden it's elevated it and they play on that and all that crazy stuff. But anyway, back to that charge, what you feel like you, you can get that's worth it. We're not saying like gouge, but we're saying definitely take advantage of those sales because an extra dollar, I did this. I'm not sure if I published that video yet either, but I did this. We had sold over, 10,000 units of a product last year, right, in the new brand. And if we just increased by $1, it's an extra 10,000, right? $2, easy math, 20,000, three. No, you should keep going from just that one small incremental change. And that's what I'm saying. Like, so don't think it's got to be like $5. It could be a dollar, you know, an extra dollar, take out the fees and everything. You might end up with an extra 50, 60 cents, right? Add that up for 10,000 units, it adds up. So don't always think that it's got to be this massive thing. Like, oh, they're telling me I got to sell my stuff for $30 when it's only worth 20. No, it could be a dollar, could be two, you know? Absolutely. So I, I would say test your price. Test. So the, the very first thing is figure out your inventory, Yep. right? Figure yep. out what you think you're going to need yep. and then double it. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and then uh, start testing your price. And I would start testing that now. Um, and you can test it with something like Splitly, or you can just change it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And if you can make a dollar more now or 50 cents more now, yeah. then bump it again. Yeah. And as long as what you're making, and this is something you and I talked about in the past, right? What people tend to think will happen when you increase the price is that sales will decrease, mm. right? And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes <laughs> it's the opposite. But the worst thing that happens is your sales go down by some sort of a percentage, mm-hmm. right? But the thing that's interesting is depending on how much you increase the price and how much sales decrease, if they do decrease, mm. you can actually still end up making more money. Yeah. Right? If we sell one less unit, but we make $10 more per sale, yeah. and I'm selling 10 units a day, well, I just made $90 more. Is my product yeah. selling for less than $90? Probably. Mm. So, okay. <laughs> right. You know? So, you also need to test those things. The other thing that I would say is know know your numbers and know your turnaround times. Mm. And that, that kind of goes back to the inventory planning portion. Mm. Um, we're going to order what we need to do or what we think we need, but mm-hmm. then if we need to replenish, we need to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once once we kind of have that stuff established, we need to dive into more of the, the marketing yeah. side of it, which yeah. has always been a challenge with with the Amazon platform, if that's where you, if that's where you are. Um, because really the only thing you can do is kind of dial in and ramp up PPC mm-hmm. or run some lightning deals mm-hmm. or something like that right. within the Amazon platform. Right. And I think that's fine. I think uh, I am I personally feel pretty comfortable continuing to run PPC through Q4. I think you feel mm-hmm. the same way. Absolutely. Obviously, we're going to want to watch it yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> and make sure that it's still working for yep. us. 
uh, you're going to want to increase budgets there, generally speaking, mm-hmm. because there's more traffic. Mm-hmm. As long as our ACOS stays the same, I don't really care, mm. right? Or if it goes up a little bit, as long as I'm making money, it's not a huge deal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I start losing money hand over fist, then we need to turn it off, dial it back, refine, do yeah. something there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the other thing that people need to be taking a look at is being able to drive outside traffic, mm-hmm. whether it's to your own website, yep. whether it's to Amazon directly, whether it's through any of those things. And I think that's something we're going to be pushing really heavy mm-hmm. this year in the new brand. We did uh, we did a few things with it last year with our email list, but I don't think we uh, I don't think we maximized it. Mm. We got I think we got close. Yeah, but I <laughs> no, we can you can always improve. Yeah, you can always improve for sure. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think that internally, if you're on Amazon, um, you know, as far as like what you can do there, you can optimize, right? You can optimize your listing, which you should anyway, but you should really worry about getting as much exposure there using what they offer, which is pay-per-click, right? If you want to do a lightning deal, if you're not running promotions internally within each product that could help promote each other, you should be doing that because you get a bump in traffic. So if you get a bump in traffic, you got a, a, a bigger chance, a greater chance for people going over to your additional products, which that could then bring everything up. But I, what I really want people to understand is like, yes, you're going to be able to gain the financial gain of this, but the other thing you're gaining is you're seeding your products deeper in the algorithm. You're, you're reaching uh, a wider net of keywords because now you're, you're getting sales from different sources of searches. And because of that, when everything settles down and the dust settles, you still have history now on all of these other areas that people can find you. And so that's really important, I think, for people to just understand that, yes, it's the financial gain, but it's also you're creating a more seasoned account and um, and all that stuff. So definitely take advantage of that. All right. So let's kind of turn it over to now. Like if you are not building your email list during this time, you should be because you're going to have more traffic, not just on Amazon, but you're going to have it off of Amazon on Facebook and everything. And it's a great time to start really building up that email list or building that custom audience on Facebook and doing all of that all of that marketing outside of that because, again, if we build up that email list and that audience, then we have a greater chance that when the sales are not as good on Amazon or the sales have dipped, guess what we can do? Let them know that we've got products and that we could probably give them a deal or something, right? So that stuff all makes sense. So I think everyone should really be focusing on that. Again, guys, I'm going to kind of lead you guys over to that workshop if you've not uh, seen that. Uh, Theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. I'll link it up in the show notes as well. The other thing I'd say too, because I think inside of our pace method, um, and if you guys missed that, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash pace. The A and the C, okay, the attention and the cultivation is really, really super important. And if you understand that, you want to start doing that stuff now. You don't want to just all of a sudden email those people and go, hey, guys, I just want to let you know we got a deal today, right? I was just, again, and you guys will hear that interview probably in a week or two, um, but the guy's got an email list of about 1,500 people. And what's the first question I ask him? So when, when did you email? Right? <laughs> right. When's the last time you sent him a message? <laughs> and you know what the answer was? Month and a half. And I go, okay, well, first off, we got to fix that. It's actually one of the, uh, the <laughs> shortest amounts of time that we've gotten as an answer. So he said a month and a half. And I said, okay. And I said, so first thing we got to do is we got to email them at least once a week. And I said, I know to you it might seem like, well, I don't know really what to send them. And I gave him like five ideas like right away. And then I gave him ideas on how he can just create 
endless content that he could just publish. And then just, even if it's not even leading them to a piece of content, it's just a reason to email them. And what's happening here now is, is you're, you're getting in front of these people on a more frequent basis. So now when you do have a special, they're, they're listening and they're opening your emails and all of that stuff. So if you're not emailing your list, even if it's only 30 people, <laughs> doesn't matter, email once a week. Just get in the habit of doing it. And then the other cool thing you can do is once you start building out this content, then we can go ahead and we can build in an autoresponder and then we can kind of build a little machine, like all that stuff. We're not going to get into that. But that's why this stuff is so important because if you do this stuff consistently over time, uh, it's just going to allow you to be able to even push sales even more, not just during the fourth quarter. And I think that's what I, I really want to stress here is we want to capitalize on the traffic, not just the sales, right? Because there's traffic there all over the place, like social media, like all of that stuff. So that would be my big tip for people is to build that list and cultivate that list and, and really you know, communicate with them, but get to know, like, and trust you and your brand. And I would say, and you just, you just mentioned pace. I would say if you, one, if you haven't listened to those episodes, go listen to that Absolutely. right now. It's That's the forward slash pace, yep. P-A-C-E. Yep. Um, and that's kind of how we think about brands. But the, the attention portion, I think, is, is really interesting, especially in the context of Q4, right? Because it's really easy to get attention. And I know there's a bunch of people groaning right now. They say, Chris, you've spent hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars yeah. on Facebook ads. Yeah, it's easy for you. Yeah. Um, but it, it really is, right? You can yeah. post anything on Facebook and get 20, 30 people to see it on your personal Facebook, mm-hmm. right? And if you think about 20 or 30 people in a room, that's actually a substantial number of people. Now, it's not the same as a room full of 30,000, right. but it's still a good chunk of people, mm-hmm. right? And whether it's Facebook ads, Facebook Messenger, email, whatever, or just a Facebook page or a Twitter account, right. wherever you feel comfortable having your channel and putting out your message, you can get attention. Mm-hmm. And you need to start doing that now, not just for Q4, but for your brand in general, right? But th- there's no better time than right now. Oh, yeah. And the reason for that is we have a whole bunch of things that we can do and a mm-hmm. whole bunch of quote unquote reasons mm-hmm. coming up that we can actually hit that audience with a sales message, mm-hmm. right? And that, that I think is the biggest thing that people struggle with. I think most people understand um, that the things they need to do from an attention standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Most people that listen to this and most of the conversations you and I have, people say, yeah, I get it. I should run Facebook ads or yeah, I know I should create content and put it on a blog or put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that's going to get that. But where the cultivation comes in, that's where the real power of the list is, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not we're not interrupting people watching cat videos on Facebook trying to get them to buy something. We're saying, hey, person who opens every email that I've ever sent them, (laughs) do you want the thing that you've been looking at for the last six months at 20% off for Black Friday? Yes, you do. Okay. And they click on it and they buy it. Or we do it through Facebook Messenger or however we deliver that message. But the people that are truly engaged that we have cultivated a relationship with, mm-hmm. those are going to the people, going to be the people who are the real power in that list. Mm. They're going to be the multiplication in that list mm. too, right? Because the people who are raving fans that we've cultivated that relationship with through the email, through the content that we've put out, through all of those things, by helping them mm. and help them by helping them, yeah, right? And and creating Genius. a real relationship. It's real difficult. <laughs> Um, you mean I actually have to help someone in my market? <laughs> yeah, I can't just sell to them. Right. And it's not even that difficult to do. <laughs> I know. Um, whether it's just by answering a simple question through yeah. your email or through a blog post or whatever, right, right? Right, You're actually creating a relationship and you're actually helping people. Those people then not only buy your stuff, but they say, hey, I really love this brand. 
because of X, Y, and Z. And they go tell their friends and their family. So when their friends and their family need to buy a garlic press, they also come buy from you. Mm. And that happens with massive multiplication in fourth quarter because you take what's normally 3% of the market, which is ready to buy any given thing, and you take it to 30 or 40% yeah. because everybody's saying, okay, well, they're, you know, my mom loves to cook. Mm. What am I going to get her? Mm. Right? It's not just mom looking for the thing. It's mom and her right. eight kids right. that are all looking for a garlic press or for something right. to help her in the kitchen because they know how much she loves to cook. Right. right? So if we can do that, if we can not only get that attention, but then also pivot that attention, right? Attention is cheap. Cultivation is hard. Mm -hmm. We can get as much attention as we want, and that in and of itself can be effective. Yep. Doing something as simple as running a Facebook ad and I wouldn't run it direct to your Amazon listing. We can talk about that at a different time. Mm -hmm. But running it to uh, like the social media promo codes page or to Amazon storefront where we can track it, that can work. And somebody in the inner circle tested that before they they did any of the cultivation stuff, and it worked for them. Yeah, it was um, profitable. And it was profitable for them. Yeah. And it absolutely can work. However, the most profitable activities come after the cultivation right when somebody's actually active and engaged in that audience okay. because i've already paid to acquire them right and they come back and they buy again and again or they buy different things and so that i think is the portion that a lot of people miss and just like the the interview you were just talking about mm -hmm. you know hey i i went and i built the email list but then i didn't do anything with it i exactly. used it i used it for my launch and my launch went well yep you know i sold 100 units to those 1500 people or whatever it was and I haven't emailed them since. Or I haven't sent them a Facebook message since. I don't know what to send them. Or I haven't posted on my Facebook page yeah. since. Yeah. Well, we need to start doing that. Yes, we need to do more of that. But yeah, and again, I mean, this I don't want this whole conversation to turn into like an email uh, list building, uh, <laughs> which we always can turn into because it's so important and so powerful. And not just email, just any communications, right? right? We're just using email as that, that's that one channel that we can leverage and we can use. And we can track. And there's a lot of cool things that we can do with it. Um, but my point is, in fourth quarter, you definitely have increased traffic on all platforms, not just Amazon. So why not take advantage of getting the attention and then from getting the attention to doing the right cultivation so we can build that relationship with those people and also get them to know, like, and trust our brand. And the other thing that a lot of people don't think about is that when they are sending that email or that message, people are consuming that content and then they are likely to share it or they're likely to comment, which can then help whatever other channel that you're on to have other people see it or other people, um, you know, comment or like or thumbs up or whatever it is, they will do that. And all of the algorithms like YouTube, Instagram, any of those, a lot of it is driven by the engagement. So even, even Gmail yeah. is driven by engagement, yeah. right? And People have talked about uh, if you guys have been in e-commerce or in the, the online marketing world for a while, you may remember that Gmail three years ago, four yeah. years ago, rolled out what was called the promotions tab. Yeah. Right. And it was going to be the end of the world for email marketing, just mm -hmm. like everything has been yes. since 1999. Uh, and it's still the most effective from an ROI standpoint of any digital marketing activity. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing that got people out of the promotions tab was people opening and replying mm -hmm. to the email. Right. 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 And that's why we talk about doing things in a way that is genuine, that is helpful, and that is personal. We don't want to only sell our stuff. And you and I have used the example in the past of Best Buy. Right? Mm -hmm. 
anybody here works for Best Buy, I don't hate you, <laughs> but you need to work on your email marketing. I just disagree with you. Right. I disagree with your email marketing strategy, which is sending you know the brochure that you used to get in the Sunday paper. Right. Right. They took that, they the made digital it digital, version. and that's yeah. what they send you, you every week. It, yeah. That's going to end up in the process tab because yeah. they have a giant thing that says, if you reply to this message, we're not going to read it, and right. nobody's ever going to see it, and I hope right. you have a terrible day yeah. or something like that. And their percentage is, is probably like 1%. And you're going to end up in the promotions tab yeah. like that versus it coming from Scott at the amazing seller.com. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you hit reply, it goes directly to you and creates a truly engaged right. conversation. Right. Gmail knows the difference. Yeah. And they look at that. Yep. Facebook does the same thing. If you post a piece of content and nobody engages with it, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. But if you post it and it starts to get shared, it shows up in everybody's feed and then more people share it. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's it like, wow, people that. must like this. Right. And right. It, it's all about engagement, whether it's an email, whether it's a Facebook post, whether mm. it's anything else. And what you and I tend to do is just help people. Mm. It's not that difficult. <laughs> no. No, it is. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of end on this note that the way to get attention in your market and have people buy from you today but if they don't buy today buy tomorrow or a year from now is to show up deliver value and just be the one in your market that delivers goodwill and and value to your audience or to your market and if you do that consistently and there's ways that you can do it that like you can give them content that's evergreen too so it's like you're not just investing the time in one piece of content or one email we can in a sense, recycle that because someone that's coming in a year from now doesn't know about the post that you posted a year ago, maybe unless they go sift through your stuff, but why not then bring that stuff back to them? So there's things that you're creating in your business as assets that aren't necessarily going to just get stale and people are always coming in new. So there's ways to leverage all of that stuff. So I just kind of want to kind of end on that note, but yeah, so let's just recap here really quickly. So for fourth quarter right now, Chris, what are you advising that people do? Start planning your inventory situation. Check. Number two or one B <laughs> okay. would be know your numbers, yeah, right? That's Whether that's one. your product yep. costs, including tariffs, Amazon fees, all of those kinds of things, yep. right? So we know how much we're making. Yep. And the way that we do that, Scott, is we calculate that worst case, mm-hmm. right? So after Amazon fees, after duties and customs, after air DDP shipping, right? right which is almost always the most expensive way to get it here. Mm-hmm. How much is it going to cost us and how much are we going to make if we sell it at the average price in the market? Not what we think we can sell it for, but the average right. price in the market. Right. We can sell it for 19 bucks, but we actually are going to be able to sell it for 2495. Mm. That's great. That's free $5 that we didn't think we were going to get. Right. What do we think we can truly sell it for versus what do we want to sell it for? 19 bucks, mm-hmm. okay? Do the math, figure out how much you're going to make on that. Right. If you can be profitable there, great. The other portion of that would be knowing your turnaround times on that mm-hmm. inventory so that if we have to order in that manner, right, meaning Air Express DDP so we can get it as fast as possible, mm-hmm. is it going to take us three weeks? Is it going to take us five weeks? Is it going to take us two months? Mm. So that we can know what our triggers are for making the decision on whether we need to order or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we typically in the past have said we start shipping an inventory kind of the second week in October mm-hmm. because things start to really slow down at Amazon in, in November. Yeah. So if you know how long it's going to take you and you know your numbers, you can really make good decisions in the end of October, the beginning of November, mm-hmm. and make sure that you're as close to not running out of stock as yeah. possible. And you maximize that stuff. And then the very next thing that I would be doing, once you have that down, because that that's just dealing with the Amazon 
traffic, the traffic you're going to get anyway. Right. Right. Take a look at your PPC campaigns. Make sure those are dialed in. And then start focusing on building attention and cultivating an audience mm-hmm. because that stuff is really going to drive massive sales for you in Q4 if you leverage it. Mm-hmm. And it'll also help you in first quarter and second, right. third, and fourth. So, yeah, it's it's going. It'll, it can give you that immediate thing that that you know the gratification if you will like of like okay cool i got this list and i'm and and i'm building it and i'm getting a little bit of you know a revenue back from it and and all that and it's all cool but you're also building that asset that you can leverage you know over and over and over again um so yeah i just really want to um stress that point because i think it's so you know people don't look at that as an asset they just look at it as like okay i i got this thing now i want to turn it into money you know, but there's so much more that goes into that part of um, of that asset, and I just think people need to understand it. It's digital marketing. Um, you know, people don't it sounds scary. It sounds scary, but I'm telling you what, if there's one thing that I would really focus in on, and that's why we're doing you know Brand Accelerator Live. You know, that's why we decided to do that event, and we want people to be able to understand that if they can figure out like in their market and how to build their brand a brand, like how they can do it and use digital marketing and get really good at it. And then even if they don't want to be the ones, the one that's doing all of the things, understanding what it takes and then having someone else implement it, I'm telling you what, your competition is not going to be doing that because most people are building an Amazon business. And I'm using the air quotes because whenever I hear that, I cringe because you're, you're just relying on that one channel. And uh, I'm telling you, if you can if you can kind of go down the road of like pace, the, the pace method that we're talking about and that we're teaching, um, it's to me, it's game over because your competition is not going to do it because guess what? It's work. You got to actually learn some new things. You got to try some new things. I want to expand on that for just a minute because when we sat down and we looked at pace, we looked at brands that are successful, not just you know, in retail or whatever, but in yeah. the digital environment. And that was important to us yep. because we deal with e-commerce, right? That's what yeah. we deal with. So how are people being effective? And that's really where Pace came from. Right. The thing that's really interesting to me, and this is something, if you guys are Gary Vaynerchuk fans, that he has talked about, right? Right now, attention on Facebook and YouTube is, is extremely underpriced because people haven't figured out, and by people, I mean Fortune 500 companies. And yeah. somebody like, and it's not, the company is not tied. It's probably Procter and Gamble or whoever. Right, but right. like Tide spends billions of dollars a year on TV advertisement, but they haven't figured out how to do the attention and cultivation online because everybody that's in their marketing department is still thinking in terms of television eyeballs, right? How do we, how do we get as many people as possible to see it? Mm. And they're not considering the engagement part. So the thing that's really interesting is you have a massive opportunity right now, not just to differentiate from the other small businesses, mm. but also potentially if you're doing it right to take market share yeah. <laughs> from some people who have much bigger marketing budgets and much bigger hammers to swing on things than you do because people miss that all mm. the time. Yeah. Not just small brands, but really, really, really big brands. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we did mention Brand Accelerator Live. So it, I, I mentioned that. So I should probably mention how you can uh, possibly join us to that event, which I'm pretty pumped about. And actually this weekend while we're here, we've got Kevin Sanderson, who was actually on the podcast recently, who we talked about how this whole thing kind of happened. He's going to be here. We're going to be doing a little bit of planning on our last day after the inner circle is is over. Um, and we 
kind of took a whole day to where we're going to be doing some planning there. So if you guys are interested in joining us, you can head over to brandacceleratorlive.com or you can go to theamazingseller.com forward slash live and check out all the details there and see if there's tickets uh, available. Should be by the time you're listening to this. Uh, we're not, we're, we're quite a quite a few months out, but we're doing that on purpose because we want to uh, plan it. We want to make sure that it's a, the best uh, event that we can put on in the conference and the networking and all that stuff. And the other thing that we mentioned that I know people are going to be emailing me about is like, Scott, I hear this inner circle thing. What is that? And how do I become part of it? Um, well, there is an application process. You do need to be at a certain level in your business. It's it's for people that are already you know doing pretty well. And a lot of them, a lot of our inner circle members are doing really well on Amazon, but they want to do the external stuff and they want to build that, that outside channel. They want to use pace. And that's really what we do is we, we kind of like filter it through and kind of overlay pace onto their business. And we kind of see where we're going to really drill into. Um, so if you're interested in checking out more details on that, we are, um, accepting, uh, applications for our second group. Our first group is already full. Um, if you're interested, you can head over to tasinnercircle.com. Again, that's tasinnercircle.com, and you can get all the details there. And if you read that, and if you think that you're a good fit, and you think that uh, you would want to be part of that, then just go ahead and fill out that application, and um, we'll let you know with an email. Um, so that's about it. I think that's everything. We mentioned a lot of stuff in that yeah. episode. So, um, all right. So let's uh, let's wrap this up, guys. The show notes to this episode is uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash 572. I can't believe it, Chris. We're almost at 575. That's another benchmark for me. And we're almost at 600. It's crazy. Um, all right. So uh, let's wrap this up in, uh, in style here. And uh, we're going to do this together because we're actually looking at each other. So we'll be, we might be able to do this in the right it's going to be so much worse than it is when we're not together (laughs) (laughs) all right guys that's it that's going to wrap it up remember as always i'm here for you i believe in you and i am rooting for you but you have to you have to come on say it with me say it loud say it proud chris is going to say it with me on the count of three one two three take Take action. action have an awesome amazing day And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now, isn't that so much easier when we get to look at each other and time it and we're like putting our finger (laughs) on it? So much easier.